This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Want to learn more about soul care from an African-American perspective? Keep listening after the episode to find out more. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 1 Kings chapter 20 through 1 Kings chapter 21. 1 Kings chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. Ben-Hadad invades Israel. Now King Ben-Hadad of Syria assembled all his army, along with 32 other kings, with their horses and chariots. He marched against Samaria and besieged and attacked it. He sent messengers to King Ahab of Israel, who was in the city. He said to him, This is what Ben-Hadad says, Your silver and your gold are mine, as well as the best of your wives and sons. The king of Israel replied, It is just as you say, My master, O king, I and all I own belong to you. The messengers came again and said, This is what Ben-Hadad said, I sent this message to you. You must give me your silver, gold, wives, and sons. But now, at this time tomorrow, I will send my servants to you, and they will search through your palace and your servant's house. They will carry away all your valuables. The king of Israel summoned all the leaders of the land and said, Notice how this man is looking for trouble. Indeed, he demanded my wives, sons, silver, and gold, and I did not resist him. All the leaders and people said to him, Do not give in or agree to his demands. So he said to the messengers of Ben-Hadad, Say this to my master, the king. I will give you everything you demanded at first from your servant, but I am unable to agree to this latest demand. So the messengers went back and gave the report. Ben-Hadad sent another message to him. May the gods judge me severely if there is enough dirt left in Samaria for all my soldiers to scoop up in their hands. The king of Israel replied, Tell him the one who puts on his battle gear should not boast like one who is taking it off. When Ben-Hadad received this reply, he and the other kings were drinking in their quarters. He ordered his servants, Get ready to attack. So they got ready to attack the city. The Lord delivers Israel. Now a prophet visited King Ahab of Israel and said, This is what the Lord has said. Do you see this huge army? Look, I am going to hand it over to you this very day. Then you will know that I am the Lord. 
Ahab asked, By whom will this be accomplished? He answered, This is what the Lord has said. By the servants of the district governors, Ahab asked, Who will launch the attack? He answered, You will. So Ahab assembled the 232 servants of the district governors. After that, he assembled all the Israelite army, numbering 7,000. They marched out at noon, while Ben-Hadad and the 32 kings allied with him were drinking heavily in their quarters. The servants of the district governors led the march. When Ben-Hadad sent messengers, they reported back to him. Men are marching out of Samaria. He ordered, whether they come in peace or to do battle, take them alive. They marched out of the city with the servants of the district governors in the lead and the army behind them. Each one struck down an enemy soldier. The Syrians fled and Israel chased them. King Ben-Hadad of Syria escaped on horseback with some horsemen. Then the king of Israel marched out and struck down the horses and chariots. He thoroughly defeated Syria. The Lord gives Israel another victory. The prophet visited the king of Israel and instructed him, Go fortify your defenses. Determine what you must do, for in the spring the king of Syria will attack you. Now the advisors of the king of Syria said to him, Their God is a God of the mountains. That's why they overpowered us. But if we fight them in the plains, we will certainly overpower them. So do this. Dismiss the kings from their command and replace them with military commanders. Muster an army like the one you lost with the same number of horses and chariots. Then we will fight them in the plains. We will certainly overpower them. He approved their plan and did as they advised. In the spring, Ben-Hadad mustered the Syrian army and marched to Afek to fight Israel. When the Israelites had mustered and received their supplies, they marched out to face them in battle. When the Israelites deployed opposite them, they were like two small flocks of goats. But the Syrians filled the land. The prophet visited the king of Israel and said, This is what the Lord has said. Because the Syrians said, The Lord is a God of the mountains and not a God of the valleys, I will deliver this entire huge army into your control. Then you will know that I am the Lord. The armies were deployed opposite each other for seven days. On the seventh day, the battle began and the Israelites killed 100,000 Syrian foot soldiers in one day. The remaining 27,000 ran to Afek and went into the city, but the wall fell on them. Now Ben-Hadad ran into the city and hid in an inner room. His advisors said to him, Look, we have heard that the kings of the Israelite dynasty are kind. Allow us to put sackcloth around our waists and ropes on our heads and surrender to the king of Israel. Maybe he will spare our lives. So they put sackcloth around their waists and ropes on their heads and went to the king of Israel. They said, Your servant Ben-Hadad says, Please, let me live. Ahab replied, Is he still alive? He is my brother. The men took this as a good omen and quickly accepted his offer, saying, Ben-Hadad is your brother. Ahab then said, Go get him. So Ben-Hadad came out to him, and Ahab pulled him up into his chariot. Ben-Hadad said, I will return the cities my father took from your father. You may set up markets in Damascus, just as my father did in Samaria. Ahab then said, I want to make a treaty with you before I dismiss you. So he made a treaty with him and then dismissed him. A prophet denounces Ahab's actions. One of the members of the prophetic guild told his companion a message from the Lord, Please wound me. But the man refused to wound him. So the prophet said to him, Because you have disobeyed the Lord, as soon as you leave me, a lion will kill you. When he left him, a lion attacked and killed him. He found another man and said, Wound me. So the man wounded him severely. The prophet then went and stood by the road waiting for the king. He also disguised himself by putting a bandage over his eyes. When the king passed by, he called out to the king, Your servant went out into the heat of the battle, and then a man turned aside and brought me a prisoner. He told me, Guard this prisoner. If he ends up missing for any reason, you will pay with your life. 
or with a talent of silver. Well, it just so happened that while your servant was doing this and that, he disappeared. The king of Israel said to him, your punishment is already determined by your own testimony. The prophet quickly removed the bandage from his eyes and the king of Israel recognized he was one of the prophets. The prophet said to him, this is what the Lord has said. Because you released a man I had determined should die, you will pay with your life and your people will suffer instead of his people. The king of Israel went home to Samaria, bitter and angry. 1 Kings chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. Ahab murders Naboth. After this, the following episode took place. Naboth, the Jezreelite, owned a vineyard in Jezreel adjacent to the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. Ahab said to Naboth, Give me your vineyard so I can make a vegetable garden out of it, for it is adjacent to my palace. I will give you an even better vineyard in its place, or if you prefer, I will pay you silver for it. But Naboth replied to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should sell you my ancestral inheritance. So Ahab went into his palace bitter and angry that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had said, I will not sell to you my ancestral inheritance. He lay down on his bed, pouted, and would not eat. Then his wife Jezebel came in and said to him, Why do you have a bitter attitude and refuse to eat? He answered her, while I was talking to Naboth, the Jezreelite, I said to him, sell me your vineyard for silver, or if you prefer, I will give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not sell you my vineyard. His wife Jezebel said to him, you are the king of Israel. Get up, eat some food, and have a good time. I will get the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, for you. She wrote out orders, signed Ahab's name to them, and sealed them with his seal. She then sent the orders to the leaders and to the nobles who lived in Naboth's city. This is what she wrote. Observe a time of fasting and seat Naboth in front of the people. Also seat two villains opposite him and have them testify. You cursed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. The men of the city, the leaders, and the nobles who lived there followed the written orders Jezebel had sent them. They observed a time of fasting and put Naboth in front of the people. Two villains arrived and sat opposite him. Then the villains testified against Naboth right before the people, saying, Naboth cursed God and the king. So they dragged him outside the city and stoned him to death. Then they reported to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned to death. When Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, Get up. Take possession of the vineyard Naboth, the Jezreelite, refused to sell to you for silver, for Naboth is no longer alive, he's dead. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. The Lord's message came to Elijah, the Tishbite. Get up, go down and meet King Ahab of Israel, who lives in Samaria. He is at the vineyard of Naboth. He has gone down there to take possession of it. Say to him, this is what the Lord has said. Haven't you committed murder and taken possession of the property of the deceased? Then say to him, this is what the Lord has said. In the spot where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, they will also lick up your blood. Yes, yours. When Elijah arrived, Ahab said to him, so you have found me, my enemy. Elijah replied, I have found you because you are committed to doing evil in the sight of the Lord. The Lord says, look, I am ready to bring disaster on you. I will destroy you and cut off every last male belonging to Ahab and Israel, including even the weak and incapacitated. I will make your dynasty like those of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and Basha, son of Ahijah, because you angered me and made Israel sin. The Lord says this about Jezebel. Dogs will devour Jezebel by the outer wall of Jezreel. As for Ahab's family, dogs will eat the ones who die in the city, and the birds of the sky will eat the ones who die in the country. There had never been anyone like Ahab who was firmly committed to doing evil in the sight of the Lord, urged on by his wife Jezebel. He was so wicked, he worshipped the disgusting idols just as the Amorites, whom the Lord had driven out from before the Israelites. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and fasted. He slept in sackcloth and walked around dejected. The Lord's message came to Elijah the Tishbite. 
Have you noticed how Ahab shows remorse before me? Because he shows remorse before me, I will not bring disaster on his dynasty during his lifetime, but during the reign of his son. New Testament reading, Matthew chapter 26, verses 1 through 5, the plot against Jesus. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he told his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people met together in the palace of the high priest, who was named Caiaphas. They planned to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him, but they said, Not during the feast, so that there won't be a riot among the people. Luke chapter 22, verses 1 through 2, Judas's decision to betray Jesus. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching. The chief priests and the experts in the law were trying to find some way to execute Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you, O God, for the ways that you show forth, O God, your grace and your mercy, compassion, O Lord. Thank you for uh, just the correction, O God, that we find in your word that grows us up, that sharpens us, that teaches us, O God, to delight in who you are and to praise you for what you've already done in our lives. Thank you, O God, for this this word, O God, what it means for you, O Lord God, for us to really take seriously the fact that you are gracious and that we are not more gracious than you. That when you tell us to do something, even something that seems hard or that seems to us, quote unquote, cruel, that you know what is best, O God, because you are the omnipotent, all-powerful, and omniscient, all-knowing God. You know the end from the beginning. You are the Alpha and the Omega, O God, and that you, O God, are love, O God, and that you're full of grace and mercy and compassion, even to those who were firmly set on disobeying you, made it their job and duty to do so, O God. But when he showed just an inkling of some remorse, when he began to wear sackcloth and look dejected and remorseful, you relented. The punishment that I reserve for Ahab is going to go under the reign, O God, of his descendants. God, you are you are gracious. You are so patient with us, O Lord. Would you help us, O God, not to take advantage of your grace, O God, and not take advantage of your patience, O God, and think that, oh, I can do whatever and live however I want. And without counting the cost, without counting the cost of what you paid, oh God, for us, oh God, to live with you eternally, it cost Jesus his life, oh God. The grace that we live by, the faith that we have, that you've given to us by grace, oh Lord God, came at the price of Jesus's life. We are grateful for his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, God. I thank you for Jesus's session, which means that he has finished his work, God. I wait, oh God, and I pray for the day that Jesus will return to bring us home, oh God. I pray that you would keep us, oh God, walking in the faith, delighting in the light and waiting, watching and waiting because we know that Jesus is coming back for those who are waiting for him. I pray this all in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen and amen. In the midst of our hectic, overscheduled lives, caring for the soul is imperative. Now, more than ever, we need to pause intentionally and encounter the divine. 
Dr. Barbara Peacock has written a wise book outlining a journey of prayer, spiritual direction, and soul care from an African-American perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you learn from the long, rich history of soul care in African-American practice. Learn more at ivpress.com and use the code THEWORD for 30% off and free U.S. shipping. That's ivpress.com and the code T-H-E-W-O-R-D. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go, so take